the legacy of Jackson Dart starts Saturday. We'll explain. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Also, the Rebels play the Texas A&M Aggies Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time. This is your chance to listen to David Kellum and the Rebels' hometown crew as Ole Miss looks to continue their run. Catch every play of the Rebels' home team broadcast with SiriusXM on Channel 190 or on the SXM app searching Ole Miss Rebels. The Locked On Ole Miss podcast is there, and I am the host of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I'm Stephen Willis. Just want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. We went through yesterday the keys to the game, and you know everything was centered around the front sevens and the offensive line. This is an old-style SEC-looking football game that is about to transpire. But that doesn't mean this is any less important for Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart has a chance to be a number-in-the-rafters-type quarterback if he can pull off a win this week and a win next week. Now, they're going to be difficult. Ole Miss would say they're at a talent deficiency against both. But if Ole Miss can win both of those games, all of a sudden the rarefied air that Jackson Dart has mentioned with changes. And if that happens, he'll probably start to go up draft boards that he's currently down a little bit lower in. Right now, it looks like Jackson Dart is coming back for his senior year. I mean, that's what we can only expect by pre-draft rankings, but as Jackson Dart wins, you will see the national media and their narratives start to take over, and Jackson Dart is going to shoot up the boards. But as it sits right now, at this moment on, what is it, Wednesday, November 1st, Jackson Dart's legacy is at a crossroads. Or is that a fork? Not necessarily a crossroads. It's a fork. On one way, He can be a very good Ole Miss quarterback in the vein of, I don't know, Jordan Tamu, in the vein of, you know, Romero Miller, but not in the elite categories that we put people in. If he wins against Texas A&M, that sets up a game against Georgia to where if he wins, he has a chance to become the GOAT hanging up. And it doesn't matter what you think about Jackson Dart. If Jackson Dart leads this team to 11-1 and in the playoffs, His number goes in the rafters. He goes down as the number one on the top five list of quarterbacks. He will have done something that no starting quarterback has done in modern history. You have to go back 60 years for anything close. That Ole Miss versus Georgia game will probably be the biggest football game in the history of Ole Miss football because of what it means. The closest it would be the 1952 Maryland game. I've talked about that because of Ole Miss basically elevating themselves from one tier to another. The announcing of an arrival arrival for Ole Miss football is what that would mean. 
Ole Miss is still competing for a backdoor shot at the playoff. Man, that second half at Alabama, it really stings at the moment. But all of this is just ticking boxes on Jackson Dart's resume. And especially as a guy that has been known as a catalyst for these late fourth quarter performances that have been so good for Ole Miss over the course of the season. Ole Miss's lone loss is on the road at Alabama, and everybody can forgive Ole Miss for that. There's not a single person that looks at the record right now and says, well, that's not the way we expected it to go, not in a negative way. You beat LSU, who has, it's not quite the 2019 offense, but this is still a really good offensive unit. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in Tuscaloosa when Alabama faces that offense, because can the defense hold that offense down and can LSU's defense get enough stops? I mean, there's three or four first-rounders on LSU's defense. I mean, the stats do not bear out that they're good, but they do have the talent to rise up. And if they can force field goals of Alabama in the red zone, for instance, and if they can score some touchdowns in the red zone, it'll be problematic for Alabama. And then the question becomes, after the playoff is gone, after the SEC championship game is gone, because if LSU beats Alabama in a three-way tie, I think LSU has the inside track and they would need to lose a game again. So Alabama would be in the position that Ole Miss is in right now. I don't think Ole Miss wins either one of them, by the way. I haven't dug into it entirely, but there's still a lot of football left to go. What does Alabama look like that has been an increasingly looking gettable team that nobody's been able to get over the course of the season? What happens if they lose to LSU and all of those goals are gone? If that happens, the Kentucky game and even the Auburn game becomes interesting because everybody knows Jordan Hare in that game can get weird. And Hugh Freeze has some voodoo on Nick Saban. That's the reason that Hugh Freeze got that job. So if you're talking about the extra stuff that can happen, yes, I do think Ole Miss fans need to root for LSU, period. Because I do think there's a chance that Alabama not necessarily could tank I think it'll be easier for them to drop one of those two games. If they win the game, that just is going to eliminate Ole Miss's possibility in the SEC championship game and probably by proxy the playoff. Ole Miss's best opportunity, in my opinion, is for LSU to beat Alabama and Alabama to drop either the Kentucky game in Lexington or the Auburn game in Jordan-Hare. It's two road games for Alabama. It, it could get weird. I'm not saying Alabama could lose those games, but – I'm okay with taking my shot if Ole Miss can win the games that are on their schedule. Because if Alabama drops one more, Ole Miss holds the tiebreaker versus LSU. So it's going to be really interesting. But if you get to that 10-win mark, that 11-win mark, and with the chance that Jackson Dart could come back, there's a chance that number one all alone is not a Manning on Ole Miss's all-time quarterback list for the first time in 50 years. Whenever Archie Manning got there, it's like, hey, you no longer are talking about Charlie Connerly anymore. You're talking about Archie Manning. And then Archie Manning basically held that title all the way through until his son. And yes, I understand old timers. I get it. Archie was a good quarterback. He was the quarterback of your youth, all of that stuff. In my opinion, he is not as good as Eli Manning, period. 
Archie could run the ball, but he threw the ball to the other team way too much, and he had like 6,000 yards passing. I know it was a different era, and he could run the ball, and he was a weapon in that time period. Not as good of a quarterback as Eli Manning, in my opinion. But the point is, since 1970, there has not been a debate of anyone other than a Manning being at the top of the Ole Miss quarterback list. Let Jackson Dart win these next two games and then come back for his senior year. And he owns the passing record, the total offense record, the rushing yards by a quarterback record. He's in the top 10 in rushing career if he comes back to school. He'll be in the top 10. Let Jackson Dart do that. Let him have an 11-win season on his resume and with a chance to have a home playoff game as a senior. What you're seeing and what you will see is absolutely rarefied air that not even a Manning brought to Ole Miss. Jackson Dart has a chance to do that. And if he does that, his ceiling's the GOAT. The greatest of all time. Over Eli, over Archie, over everybody who you think should be up there. And that is, that doesn't matter at all, your opinion of Jackson Dart right now. This fork in the road is greatest of all time, or if he takes the other side and drops one of these two games, he's on the Matt Corral track. I know it's weird, but Jackson absolutely in that realm at the moment. It's absolutely nuts. So I do want to let everybody know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early with the NFL this season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. This is on top of what you get for the win of the $5 bet. This is like $150 extra bucks that you can bet on whatever you want to do. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel, and now there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and even more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Ole Miss right now is a three-point favorite over Texas A&M, according to FanDuel, and the over-under is at 53 and a half points. So if you want those bonus bets, there you go. You can use it on that one. But FanDuel, it's an official partner of the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. College football season is here, and this season Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff. Live each Friday, Locked On will go live at 11 a.m. Eastern on every college YouTube channel on Locked On. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On college hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern 
on any Locked On YouTube channel. You will not want to miss it. So in the first segment, we talked about this being Jackson Dart's legacy tour starting, the beginning of it, because the next two weeks are unbelievably important for this young man as far as his legacy all time. Now, we're talking like GOAT type stuff. That That's the thing. Because I do think the floor for Jackson Dart is just a very good quarterback, like the Matt Corral track, the Romero Miller track. But for for Jackson Dart to hit that special level, that that Archie Manning, that Eli Manning, that Chad Kelly track, he needs to do something that hasn't been done. And I think a win over Texas A&M, and then follow that up with another win, you have a chance to really submit your authority of what's going on. Now, the second thing that I think you need to watch for in this game, and we'll bring this up right now, 27 minutes of time of possession is the key for Ole Miss Saturday. You know, because we talked about the legacy already, and the third one we need to talk is how does fourth quarter look for Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley the fourth. But 27 minutes of time of possession is the key on Saturday. Now, I'm not talking about time of possession where you just – you spend 40 seconds in between every play in the huddle. No, I'm talking about running your normal high-speed offense. So that means play volume. That means staying on the field. That means getting first downs. You know what that play count to get somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 to 85 against this Texas A&M team. And if that happens, you'll see what we're going, what's coming on in the next segment is how does Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley look like in the fourth quarter? But Ole Miss has the benefit of having a really good defense this year. It's probably the best defense that Lane Kiffin has had since he's been at Ole Miss. They've had three straight games against SEC foes that goes back for the first time since 2008 and 2009, which it obviously didn't happen in 2009 because they went back to 2008. And I don't know if it happened before then, but there was the Mississippi State game in the first two conference games that they held their opponents to under 300 yards. Now, we joke all the time about um, 1990s football, but there was a little bit there because that was kind of that tweener time when Tim Tebow and Utah and all that were using the power zone and the zone read to become an effective part of college football. And that kind of did Tyrone Nicks in. But let's not forget, in the Landshark age of 2008 and 2009, Ole Miss's defense was pretty salty. These were players that were recruited by um, Ed Orgeron. You had like Marcus Tillman, Kentrell Lockett. You had Prey Jerry in 2008. You had Jarrell Poe in 8-9. Um, you had several players that could just make their mark on the field. I think Jonathan Cornell was a part of that unit as well. Ole Miss had a good defense was my point. This defense has nothing to be ashamed of when compared to that defense. But – the time of possession is important because of how explosive Texas A&M is. And let's see. Yeah, time of possession. Yeah, there we go. Texas A&M's defense, they have 33 sacks. They're the number one sacking team in the country. Their TFLs are at 75, and they're also at number one. If you look at Ole Miss's numbers, Ole Miss has a 30-sack number and a 63-TFL number for number four and number eight in the country. These both top 10 front sevens in the country coming into this game. Also, do you remember when everybody was trying to talk and push the narrative early in the season that Ole Miss's defense looked off, that it looked wrong? Maybe maybe we didn't do this right. Maybe they were kind of queuing up a take for later in the season for a mess up that was inevitably going to come in their mind. 
maybe they were trying to cue that up. And then you look there and it's like, hey, Ole Miss is like fourth in the country in sacks and 60 or eighth in tackles for loss. They have a top tip, top 50 defense right now in the country. They're number three in defensive scoring efficiency. Isn't it kind of funny that how good this defense is? And I told you it was going to be clunky at the beginning of the year, and it was. It was clunky, but I said they were going to be good at certain areas. And this defense is absolutely good at certain areas. And now that they've been doing it for a little while, they're getting really good at their assignments as well. And that is important for a Pete Golden coach defense. And now this defense this last month of the season has a chance to be pretty good. If you look at the data charts that takes offensive scoring efficiency and defensive scoring efficiency and kind of puts it in a chart, you know, up and over. Well, in the, that case, you want to be in the top corner. And there's two teams that are living in the top corner right now, and that is Ole Miss and Georgia. So it's pretty impressive indeed. But if you need to keep the time of possession because of how good Texas A&M's front seven is, you need to get them moving side to side. You need to have play volume against them. You need to be successful just enough and move the chains offensively to, A, keep your defense fresh because A&M's going to try and play keep away a little bit against Ole Miss. Remember, this Texas A&M defense, Jalen Milrow threw all over this Texas A&M defense. I don't know how, but he did. Jermaine Burton looked like an all-world wide receiver against A&M. Does everybody remember that? This Texas A&M defense and this Texas A&M secondary can get got. But you have to earn the right to do it. We talked about that during the key season. You have to earn the right to throw in the secondary. And you do that by wearing down that front seven. And you do that by time of possession. I'm putting 27 minutes as kind of the magic number. The offense is going to look different if they have 27 minutes of time of possession. You can't be like Georgia Tech where you only had the ball 20 minutes of the time. You're, you're actually going to have to get some first downs, string some drives together, and matriculate the ball down the field and get some points. It's important to drive the ball, not just score from far. It's important to drive the ball a little bit just because of what it can mean. We've talked all the time about how this is a kind of a different situation for Lane Kiffin because this is one of the first times that he's had to coach to his defense and not necessarily had to coach but he should coach to his defense because they're a weapon. And because of that, that means you do a little bit more check with me every now at the line of scrimmage. You can. You don't have to go as fast as you can every single play. You punt the ball a little bit more. You don't go for it as much. Lane Kiffin still has about one-fourth down a game that's fourth and five in his own territory that he goes for it. He'll, put, he'll hang the defense out at least once a game. But he's doing it at a far lesser clip. And the him having Caden Davis as a weapon as a field goal kicker, that's helping as well. So Lane Kiffin holding the ball for 27 minutes. Like I said, Ole Miss running their offense, not just staying in the huddle or forgetting to snap the football. Ole Miss running their offense for 27 minutes of game time is important against Texas A&M. Absolutely imperative for Ole Miss in that game. I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings the winning trophy home is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. The Rebels play the Texas A&M Aggies Saturday at 11 a.m. Central. It's a chance to listen to David Kellum and the Rebels hometown crew as Ole Miss looks to continue their run. Catch every play of the Rebels home team broadcast with SiriusXM on Channel 190 or on the SXM app, searching Ole Miss Rebels. All right, so we talked about how this is an, a legacy game for Jackson Dart, and we talk about how 27 minutes of time of possession is kind of the magic number for an offense that really doesn't care about time of possession. But it is, it's worthy in this case. And in third, when we look, like, how does the fourth quarter look for Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley? That's an interesting situation. How does the fourth quarter look for Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley? And, you know, if you look at Quinshawn, or sorry, if you look at Quinshawn, he's got 143 carries, 691 yards, and nine touchdowns. He's got 29 to 25 total touchdowns as a sophomore, tying him for like third or fourth our time with Archie Manning for rushing touchdowns. Quinshawn Judkins has gotten going. He's running violent. and Everybody needs to be prepared at the beginning of the game. Texas A&M is going to have all eyes on that guy. Their goal coming into this game is make Jackson Dart beat us. Seriously, make Jackson Dart beat us. And him and Ulysses Bentley, who's got 61 carries for 369, that's about six yards a clip, three touchdowns, and he's been unbelievable, explosive throughout the season. It's interesting. How does the running game look in the fourth quarter? Can Ole Miss, had they worn them down enough, that's the time of possession where it needs to be, to where all of a sudden that front seven is about a half a step slow? That front seven is just a little bit there. Want to isn't quite there. This offense has had just enough success that they're not confident. Now, I'm not, going to, I'm not saying the offense is going to do what the offense did against LSU, and that is basically make them quit. I'm not going to say that because I think AM's a lot better than a um, LSU, which that kind of goes without saying. But confidence is the difference between a good and a great whatever. You might be in your backyard and you can shoot free throws 90% of the time. But if you sit in the game, you need that confidence that you're going to be able to do those strokes and do that muscle memory, or else you might be a 65% free throw shooter when the pressure hits. Confidence is everything in team sports. And Ole Miss needs to do what it can to basically hurt the confidence of the Texas A&M players. They're taught to throw it behind them, play the next play, all of that stuff too. But much like the LSU game, you need to get it to the point where they, they're just not sure they're going to stop you. They want to get a stop. They're sitting on the sidelines like, we need to figure this out. How do we get a stop? Can we get a stop? Not that they're not, they're not moving the ball on us. We're, we're going to stop it. And this game will be an absolute war. And if Ole Miss can affect the confidence and the psyche of the defense, Texas A&M, 
all of a sudden Ole Miss could boat race him a little bit because I do think Ole Miss is a kind of a wash at wide receiver. Ole Miss has a better quarterback. Ole Miss has a better tight end. Ole Miss has a better running back. I'm not saying Ole Miss can't win. I'm just saying Ole Miss has the advantages in those spots. Defensively, A&M in every unit just about has the advantage as far as talent goes. Not as far as statistics goes, but as far as talents go. So we'll see because if Judkins and Bentley are starting to get off on the fourth quarter, that means the offense has kind of done their job. And you look at like Jackson Dart, and I talked about his legacy game, 136 to 211, 2,080 yards, 14 touchdowns, four picks. That's through eight games. These next two are massively important for him. Massively important for him. If Jackson Dart figures out how to beat Texas A&M and Georgia, and we're not going to spend time on Georgia, but he needs to start with Texas A&M because you can't beat them both without winning the first one. He gets through Texas A&M. Next week is the biggest game in school history. Potentially besides that Maryland game in 1952. And depending on what LSU does, this whole November could get a whole lot interesting going into that game against Georgia. In the next 10 days, the next 10 days, Ole Miss could wake up and control their own destiny with only Mississippi State left on the schedule. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Nobody said that, or anybody's saying that's just being hyperbolic and crazy. I'm saying it can't happen. And there's a difference in can and should and will. I always say that. Difference between can, should, and will. But the next nine or so days in Ole Miss football is why we're college football fans. Why we're Ole Miss fans. The games that we wanted Ole Miss to have and be a part of, we get to see that. Ole Miss has been ranked in the top 10 the last three years. They are 19-2 and two at home. The two games they lost was on the last play of the game, a pass up against Alabama that fell incomplete, and a blocked or stopped two-point conversion against Mississippi State. Ole Miss has not been boat raced at home. Probably, I don't know if they got boat raced in 2020, but they lost. They lost to Alabama, but that wasn't really a boat race. Um, they beat State that year. Um, Florida got them a little bit, maybe the first game. It, but Ole Miss does not play poorly at home. 19-2 and two over the last three years. That includes an undefeated season in 2021. Those two games that we talked about, they lost in 2022. And now they are where they are this year. To where if Ole Miss beats Texas A&M, that leaves Louisiana Monroe away from going undefeated at home again. Under Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss doesn't lose home games very often. And if they do, there's probably extenuating circumstances. Either you're playing a top five team, top 10 team. I guess at that point it was top 10. Or you have that job search where all the weirdness happened. It should be really exciting. But these are the things to watch for in this Ole Miss football game. Tomorrow we'll have our crossover 
um, with Texas A&M. Talking about that, Andrew Stefaniak will join me. And we'll we'll get that going. Um, obviously, we did the Shark Tank live last night. We have the pregame and the postgame show on Saturday. All of our videos, like Pratt Rogers' videos, will be like tonight. Bill Flowers will be on Thursday night. Tom Vanderford will be on Friday, and then Saturday will be the pregame and the postgame show because of the scheduling that goes and the adding of Shark Tank Live. That's causing our schedule to flip just a little bit. But if you miss Shark Tank Live, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, every Tuesday night on this YouTube channel, we will be live streaming, talking about these stories of the day. Should be a lot of fun, honestly. Should be a lot of fun. Anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Hey, we're halfway through the week for one of the biggest games that Ole Miss has had in recent memory. Everybody needs to plan on being on the vault. Everybody needs to plan on being rowdy. Should be a lot of fun. Hotty toddy. Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life and the Chime checking account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com Goals24. That's Chime.com Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.